Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewen. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Nat. Hi, Sandy. <laughs> How are you? I am. Oh. <clears throat> um, yeah. <laughs> there it goes. I got some crap in my throat. Nice. I have the thing that you had, I'm pretty sure, but I'm on the mend. I think everyone got that this year. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people that I talked to, it's funny, like none of the people I worked with actually really got sick, but a lot of other people, and especially people with kids, and I, mm. I visited those households, so maybe I picked it up there. Oh, yeah. We did, too. Yeah. Yeah. Little snotty-nosed kids. Yeah. But they're worth spreading. It. They're cute. Spreading their germs. <laughs> yeah, they're so cute. Um, how was your holidays? Uh, really awesome. I just yeah. pretty chill. Besides being sick the whole time. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good break. Yeah, but you sound better, and you sound almost you sound basically normal. I I don't think I can tell. Yeah, I know. Like today is way different than two days ago, where I was coughing mm. every time I breathed in. But yeah, no, it's a lot better. Um. I gave myself basically bronchitis or I irritated it more by trying to do some cardio. Oh, ouch. Yeah. And it felt fine physically, uh, but then it just inflamed my bronchial tubes. So Ugh. that's nasty. So I kind of, I did myself. I was like on the mend and then I did that. And Oh, well. How was your holidays? Oh, they were good. They were really busy. Yeah. We did some uh, traveling to Montreal. There was like a, a cousin's wedding. There was so much food, Nat. So oh, much yeah. food. Yeah, it's wonderful. I found myself this year like really finding it hard harder to eat as much <laughs> as I previous what? have. Like I I don't know cuz I've done a lot of work around not a lot of work around portion control but like I I overeat all the time but it's usually if I overeat <laughs> it's salads and greens. Like it's a lot. Uh, it's, it's maybe large volumes of things that are digest really like really easily. like water-based or Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you put um, a massive package of uh, spinach in a pan and it just wilts down to nothing. Like yeah, it is nothing though. Like spinach is just like water and iron. Yeah, <laughs> but it's delicious. But yeah, so like changing the type of food but maintaining the volumes mm. and just having those snacks around all the time so you actually never get that hungry feeling. Interesting. Oof. See, I I did the um, Dr. Stephen Cabral detox, and I'm like starting to find a way. And you know, I'm just in the beginning of this process of like sort of being okay with being hungry, mm-hmm. which is what you were you were telling me all about, right? Just being like, you're not gonna die. Yeah, nothing bad is gonna happen to you. Can you like stay with an unpleasant feeling and not have to like immediately go and remedy it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's. Basically, you have to rework your body, how it regulates your blood sugar. Yes. So that's part yeah. of it is kind of like feeling that hungry feeling or it's not even maybe a growl sometimes. It's just like the mental feeling when yeah. Yeah. your body is used to getting a little spike of a sugar, insulin. I think and for, glucose. yeah. And it's also like your mind, like if you're bored and you just, you, you want something to do that's pleasurable, right? Yeah. Um, 
and to start to look for alternatives to just like eating a cookie, eating a whole piece of cake, <laughs> eating like, or like <laughs> it also applies to like having the coffees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, like I, I totally know that in myself, it's all about like the taste of coffee. I just really, really enjoy the taste. So I just switched to decaf and I, I just have it and like, it's so yummy still, you know? It's yeah. yummy. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think you have to be careful with the sources of decaf, but I'm, I think you get a, a decent one because they use some chemicals to take out the caffeine that could not be good sometimes. Yeah, I think there's like a water process. That's the one you're supposed to buy. Yeah. So I have that water one from like, it's super expensive. It's like $15 for a package of coffee, <laughs> but it's better. It's better for you in the long run. If I'm going to have two cups of coffee a day, then, you know, one will be regular. One at least will be decaf. And it's, it's just about like the yummy hot beverage mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And like... I would rather have the taste of coffee than like peppermint tea. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> I do like a coffee once in a while. Like, yeah, I absolutely love it. I get it. Yeah. I've never been an everyday coffee drinker, but when I want it, I want it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So how often do you have coffee? Um, Probably like twice a week. Huh. I'm trying nice. to be really like some weeks I would go every day if I just want to like get out of the office a break like because we have to go walk right. to a coffee shop mm, um, but now yeah, yeah. I'll go and I'll just get a tea instead wow good for you yeah mm. I'm, I'm really gonna work on that because like or get like a decaf coffee because I don't need the caffeine it just sort of makes me more tired and like if I know I just want the taste then go for the stuff that you know doesn't have the extra drugs in it yeah drugs 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 yeah yeah well, good for you. Yeah. Learning about how like your relationship, that's like what I, I think I was telling you, what I took away from doing those detoxes and mm-hmm. we continue to do them, I don't know, once a, every six months or four months or something like that is you do have to look at your relationship to food every time. And, and it is in a healthy way. It's not like yeah in a weird, obsessive way. You actually, yeah. it's, you're looking at your bad habits because we all do have yes. such like the, the access to food that we have is kind of unbelievable if you think about it we if we can never grow a vegetable or handle an animal in our life and be fed like beyond exactly. what we need we yeah most diseases yeah. come from blood sugar dysregulation and or the chemicals on our food or exactly overeating yeah. and yeah we, yeah we just make ourselves sick with food I want to do like a whole episode on like the things we've learned from the detoxes because I'm definitely going to keep going. I'm going to do another one in a few months. I don't know if it's I've if I like we're not supposed to do them too close together, right? That's what the website says. Yeah, it's like if you do a a one week one, they they recommend once a season, so once every three yeah. months. Um, yeah. So I've got yeah. like a few more months before I'm I'm allowed to do another, but I'm like I'm I'm itching for it. You know, I'm itching to to put myself in that space of discomfort again because I think there is a lot to be learned about it um Mm -hmm. so yeah we should definitely do a podcast about it I think it'd be really yeah just like the insights there's so many insights I started to write them down and then I don't know where I put them yeah and we can link to it like (sighs) because I always recommend it to people and I have like zero affiliation I don't think you can be affiliated with it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but it's just it I've done a lot of health stuff and it's one of the most helpful things like it regulates my hormones like if my period is weird because of stress <laughs> excuse mm. me it it for me and I'm not saying it works for everyone but like it regulates your hormones again it puts everything because your hormones depend on stress and and stress comes from food also and blood sugar dysregulation so as one of the things and also gets rid of toxins 
That's so interesting. It just straightens me out. So yeah. 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 No, I can see it doing that because it also demands that you do something different in your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sort of like shakes up your week and makes you look at your, your routines differently, which is, I, I also think that is like super beneficial and I'm finally, finally ready to start doing some of those things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to like um, get yourself ready, like mentally ready to break some habits. But I think you, you know, you, you would have to be ready to sign up for this detox anyway. Yeah. Like if you, you just don't want to change anything, if you're not willing to, then like don't spend the money. Don't go through this much hassle because um, you're just going to waste it. It's going to be wasted on you, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. My number one thing, and I was like telling everyone, like when I told them I was on a detox and like, oh, how do you like it? Um, and I'm like, you have to be mentally ready to change. If you're not ready for change, then it, there's no point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you did yours right before Christmas, which is hard. You did it like really close yeah. to Christmas. Yeah, it was super difficult because there was like parties, um, people inviting us over. There's like the easiest thing to say no to was alcohol and coffee because mm -hmm. <laughs> those are just like beverages. Whereas like dealing with the hunger and being around all of the snack food and not being able to like touch any of it. That was that was difficult, especially when everyone else was. Yeah. Yeah, the social aspect of food, right? And I guess Ugh. I like I have a bit easier of a time anyone who can't eat certain foods, like I can't eat gluten. I mean, I can eat it, it will make me not feel good, and I should not eat dairy. It does make me really tired and I do have uh like an immune response to it. I've had food sensitivity tests. So, oh. I'm used to saying no to gluten and saying no to all of the goodies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm used yeah. to doing that like that is a practice that I've done for now like eight years and then the dairy I've done on and off at times when I was kind of mm. playing around with my diet so that is a practice in itself like maybe yes people work with just being like no dairy no gluten for yeah. a week or mm -hmm. two and then that because that's a big step there um because if yeah I'm no no dairy no gluten and then I change my diet a tiny little bit more to be no grains and mm -hmm. some other things it's not uh, it's, to it's not totally out of this world compared to some other people. Yeah. So for you, it might have been an easier transition. But if you do like have dairy and you do have gluten, then it, it, it is more difficult in that you have to replace them in some way that's healthier. Mm -hmm. So like sweet potatoes or um, beets. I find beets are really, they're really satisfying mm -hmm. to eat <laughs> for me. I have beets with like every salad now. I love beets. Yeah. Um, and just finding different ways to cook things as well, like using water rather than, um, you know, if you use butter, you can you can actually like fry some eggs in water. I've done it um, and it's absolutely fine. It doesn't have like that buttery smell, but <laughs> it's mm -hmm. still good. No, totally. <laughs> but yeah, like a little bit of it does. Detoxes like this take work because then you have to, um, especially if you want to maintain them afterwards, you do have to find like better alternatives that work good for yourself that... Um, that just sort of work well with your life, you know? Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to do sometimes. Oh, by the way, speaking of gluten-free, dairy-free. So we were in Montreal over the holidays for that cousin's wedding. And I found these amazing French pastry shops that are dairy-free, gluten-free. Nat, they made croissants. Oh, what? I've never yeah. seen a dairy-free, gluten-free croissant ever. Yeah, it was good. It was. It's not sugar-free, but it was really, yeah. really good. <laughs> like loaded with sugar. Oh, that's okay. 
Yeah. It's, so if you're ever if you're going for a treat, that's okay. Oh, good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean, I could talk about this shit forever, but people all over, <laughs> like so, like we're so wheat and dairy dominant over here. There's so many um, countries and ethnicities that use so many different types of types of grains and legumes as their flowers to make amazing delicious things like i'm thinking of india like south india their dosas if you've ever had a dosa it's like Mm, so freaking mind-blowing it's like (laughs) rice and lentils um anyways yeah like we have actually limited ourselves, and then like now we believe that you can only make anything in baked form or any goodies Mm -hmm. out of wheat flour yeah and even dairy like in pancake mix you just put water in like there's no actual real reason to use dairy there's like really i don't know it's political oh (laughs) it's like literally propping up like the dairy industry to put dairy in everything that's so funny and i'm not saying dairy's bad if you can eat dairy they're nutritionally very beneficial for you if you don't have an immune response to it right i would totally do it but yeah Yeah. yeah yeah No, and the the other thing with the detox is, like, I actually felt so good. Um, It was just difficult to maintain over the holiday season. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, if I did it any other time of the year, um, like, my friends would have been a lot more like, yeah, we'll just all eat salads. That's fine, right? But it's like, you know, it's like certain times of the year when you do want, you know, a little bit of that indulgence and overindulgence kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But, yeah, yeah, I did feel, like, really, really good on it physically nice. good yeah sweet i'm happy yeah i'm looking forward to do it again for sure yeah okay shall we should we dive in <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the placebo effect this week um it's it's pretty cool and like we do use it in yoga do you want to touch on how, like what it is and how it works or do you want me to go there well actually before we do that I want to ask you like so you're the one that came up with this topic and you wanted to talk about it so why why do you think as a yoga podcast we should yeah I know we talk about a bunch of random things (laughs) especially when we ramble in the beginning um but why why did you get like drawn to talking about the the placebo effect the placebo effect is basically how like you have the ability to change how your brain works and that affects your health in so many ways via your thought and your perception and what you okay. what your what you believe so perception is a huge part of that so sometimes there's like a a trickery to it when you're talking about the medical field because they use placebo these placebos against testing different types of drugs and treatments for certain illnesses and ailments. Um, So it's like you're telling the person that this thing is going to help them or cure them or stop their pain or whatever. And it's like the belief of the recipient, how they perceive what's going on that does the work Mm of kind of changing your brain. So we do do this in yoga classes. And I think it's great because – I mean, it's almost like the placebo effect of the placebo effect. Yoga teachers are already doing these things that they might not know it's the placebo effect. Hmm. And students are benefiting uh, from just changing the way they believe or perceive something. Like what? Um, oh, a couple. There's a couple. Like just positive, positive beliefs, positive, okay. positive thought process that actually changes like how – 
your neurotransmitters are produced and the receptors to dopamine and things like that. Can you give us like an example within a yoga class? <coughs> um, oh no. Excuse me. Too much talking. Yeah. I've reached my limit. No. Um, <laughs> I think what's really helpful is when teachers give examples of things and they will see the positive in something and they maybe do a little preamble before their class about a lesson learned or seeing having mm. being in a dark situation um but what good comes out of it and so it's like this constant kind of positive slant or seeing like the good in 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 life because there's good and bad right there's the light and the dark and it all works together um but if you're always like looking at worst case scenario you're always kind of in a defensive a defensive and fear-based thought process and that mm-hmm. can change you're 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 almost like just ready for that fight or flight like you can affect your stress response just by being overly mm. negative and it's it's like a it's how we compensate like you learn to defend yourself from right. things that will cause you pain um but there's a lot of unnecessary kind of self-defense going on so yeah that kind of like sharing that positive spin and also putting people into difficult situations and then saying like notice how you are actually safe here and that you have your breath and whatever you want to thread in in a positive way kind of like will actually start to via neuroplasticity kind of retrain your brain and how it responds to fear so so yeah, yeah, go on. No, no, you go ahead. I need a little talking break. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think this is super interesting, especially in our podcast. Um, for those of you new listeners, Nat and I are are pretty passionate about dispelling certain yoga myths. So like when a yoga teacher walks into the room and says, um, flex your foot because it'll protect your knee and then you'll never have knee pain or something like that. Like both she and I always have our, our healthy dose of um, just doubt, you know, like where did they get this information? Uh, why does this protect the knee? And is this replicable? Is this applicable to everyone? Like, why are we saying these things and repeating these things um, without necessarily um, doing due diligence in terms of research and like observation like does it actually like how how many people have actually asked their class raise your hand if this helps your knee mm-hmm. <laughs> like that never happens whereas people will just say do this to protect the knee like you have no feedback whatsoever to prove a result that you claim is going to happen anyway rant 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we rant about this a lot no that's important um but yeah, like so, so we we come from this space where we we are approaching a lot of things with doubt, and yet, so we're we're doing this whole podcast where placebo effect is basically about suspending the doubt and allowing um, belief to take over as like almost like a treatment. So in the case of like flex your foot to protect the knee, um, for some people, if we simply believed that, like fully, fully believed that, then it might actually help us protect the knee. There might be a physical, physiological effect um, that's greater than doing nothing, you know, like so a greater positive effect than doing nothing when we believe that if we flex the foot, we protect the knee. Um, And that's what the placebo effect, especially when it comes in terms with like drugs, that's what they do a lot of. So they'll give someone like a sugar pill and they'll give someone else the drug. And if the sugar pill does um, like 
one percent better the drug has to do like a certain more percent better in order for you to call the drug um an active drug Mm-hmm. If it only does as well as the placebo, so if both of them only do like 1% better or 5% better or however much percent better, then they're not allowed. I think, is that right? Am I doing, saying that right? They're not allowed to call that a drug. Like it doesn't have. Yeah, I think they have to do further testing. on it. Yeah, they have to like continue to examine whether this drug is more effective than placebo. Um, and they, they would then, so you would sort of think of placebo as zero. As zero like um when you measure the drug whether it's effective or not you go from the zero of placebo not zero of nothing happening yeah yeah whereas placebo isn't zero placebo is a positive effect based only on um no physiological treatment like it's a sugar pill um and it's just our belief that you didn't just give me a sugar pill you gave me something else yeah and there's, mm-hmm. there's uh, I'll probably link an article, I, w- I will link an article that talks a little bit about that. So there's, and I actually didn't look at the studies, but they referenced two studies where one looked at placebo as being effective for um, actually like changing or treating the illness. And uh-huh. then so one said it wasn't effective and then another said it was effective. So yeah. there's a difference between treating the illness and I mean there's it just really depends on what you're treating like if you i'm trying to think like if it's something like you tore a ligament off your bone i don't know yeah i guess white blood cells and anyways (laughs) sidebar um there's so many things but if you it's more like the perception or the response to the illness so if you have pain Mm -hmm. you might reduce or totally no, not have pain anymore um, based on some treatment, whether it's a pill or it could be really anything, um, a cream or like some laser thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they could just shine like a light on you. Um, so it's your perception of the pain or maybe like how your body responds to the illness and whether you're affecting the illness or not, it's kind of a coin toss. So I would think of it more... It, in response to feelings and pain and circulation and some of these stress regulation and, and some of the, you could say illnesses occur from mismanaged stress responses or poorly working stress responses. Like def- they definitely do. So it kind of just depends on the illness, but you're not going to necessarily shrink a cancer tumor. Um, some people say that they have but it's probably more like how you feel, like nausea, pain, mm. things like so that. In in terms of yoga, though, um, how how do you see this playing in to yoga? How does placebo affect uh, like our our modern yoga meditation or the practice of awareness? Is a large part of it. So understanding or being to being able to convey to your students that they have an effect on how they feel and you can go more scientifically into that you can you can say you can talk about with awareness and mindfulness your body responds by changing the way it kind of 
how how hormones are regulated and processed and secreted and how the same thing with neurotransmitters and those things will go kind of like in a cascading effect they work throughout your entire body as to how your cells talk to each other and how they manage uptake of nutrients Mm -hmm. and so it's really just from like the a thought process of first an inward reflection and a positivity around that yeah you mentioned that before like the the whole like positivity and um just like the light versus the dark and focusing on the light um so my question about well what what comes to mind for me around that is a little bit of the practice of like mantras and chanting and sort of just this repetition of um whether it's like a positive vision or a few words that evoke um positive emotions um so do you see that as sort of like you know capitalizing on the placebo effect in order to affect positive change in the physical being yeah, I would say for a student, if they found joy and happiness in that practice, that and then you linked it instead of like saying if you do this mantra, I don't know, like all will be well. You, the universe will you, listen to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like know. if you give it something a little more concrete and grounded, uh-huh. and like focus on this practice and think about your back pain and imagine your back pain like washing away, and you do have the ability. Like, or you could, if you don't want to give people the responsibility of creating that change, like, and this is why teachers say it is like this mantra will heal your back pain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I probably will, would never say something specifically like that, but that is why it is said. I think like there's, mm-hmm. there's, I do have an understanding as to why teachers say like doing this thing will like heal you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is through kind of that placebo effect. I mm-hmm. hope that they understand that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time I'm like okay with someone saying like something will do something because there's so many like well maybe and if but if it's just like yeah. to kind of create that placebo that positive thinking around something giving yeah giving someone a tool yeah 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 and I think yeah we have to be that's that's why I'm like I bring it up because I think we have to be very careful with how far we take that especially because we are in as yoga teachers we stand in the class as as the um the source of of information right so we do have to be careful with how we say our words um because you just don't want to like don't don't lie about things right yeah (laughs) as a general rule (laughs) that is not good behavior don't lie about things don't say that this will heal them if you don't know that it's going to heal them but like I I think it's important to leave open the possibility that yoga um, can heal and has healed a lot of people um, or is is like a healing force for people or uh, sort of like the the battleground it's the battleground in which you can start to heal yourself um but I wouldn't, yeah, I also wouldn't be like, do this and your knee will be healed. Do this more and your knee will be healed faster and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like stuff like that. Um, that position of power can be very easily abused, as we have seen. Netflix has shown us <laughs> through this, all the documentaries and all the other stuff that we know have been going on. Um, so, yeah. I think the power of it in a yoga class comes with being able to transfer that responsibility to the student. 
Ah, I like that. So however you want to convey that message, but you're not, you don't want them to be dependent on you as the healer, right? Yeah, I know. I know. That's like the whole power dynamic guru student thing. I think if you're like really working at placebo, and I think if you're really a teacher who wants your students to have a better well-being period, you need to transfer the, the responsibility of whatever they want to create change around to them. Mm. Empowerment in yoga is like one of the, I don't know, foundational thing, things that it kind of is more universal in the practice, I would say, mm-hmm. in a maybe more of in a modern practice because maybe yeah. more traditionally yeah. is like student guru relationship right exactly where you put like 100 percent trust in the process Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I really think it but i think it's i think it's a necessary response to what modern yoga has become Mm -hmm. Uh, the the whole transferring of responsibility to the student i think that's absolutely necessary um yeah and i would be like critical of practices that do not transfer the responsibility into the student's hand yeah that's pretty much how i feel that's like, just like, I'm very, <laughs> and you could say that a teacher is using a placebo effect if they're like, do this and do it this way. Um, and this is going to heal your back. Right. Like that, that could work maybe, but I would way rather do it from a way of bringing attention to their lower back. First, bring some awareness, feel your lower back, feel your lower back in space. Mm-hmm. And then notice the expansion of your body with your breath. And then like imagine like a light. That's a really nice way to do it. A healing light, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, washing over. Yeah, yeah, yeah visualization yeah. with breath and awareness, like bringing attention, if, especially if you're dealing with pain. I think that's one of the most useful ways to use placebo is dealing with pain. Yeah. And also like stress management, stuff like that. <coughs> so, oh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, instead of like move your back this way and downward dog. Or else you will have back pain. Yeah. Because <laughs> like hate that one. There's the <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like you were saying, like there's the nocebo effect where you can have like negative responses to placebo. Or if you're just creating a class where you're cueing in a way and it, like you said, like do it this way or else you're gonna have pain or oh this will hurt your knee or watch out, this will be not good for your knee for some way, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do things from a more positive standpoint, that empowers the person. And if you're teaching people um, about the structure of the knee or things like that, it's empowering and people are more likely to create change out of empowerment than, I don't know. Out of fear. Out of fear. Yeah. 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 Fear-based versus like, yeah, stepping in and being like an active participant participant in their their own healing right Mm -hmm. yeah no I'm I'm totally behind you on that one um yeah I think that's that's awesome uh way of like touching on the things that we commonly hear in a yoga class um so do you want to talk a little bit about this biochemical pathway thing that you have here we have these oh. little notes and she wrote this. I don't, I don't really get it. So I'm asking you a biochemical pathway. Oh, I think I was just saying, um, you know what? Let's just delete this little part out. I wrote that a while ago. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You I wrote that remember. so long ago. Okay. Okay. So you can okay. delete that out. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. <Kay. laughs> um. Yeah. Otherwise, I I did find a few articles that were really good. I like this New York Times one. I think you do need a subscription. Um, or I don't know if there's like a hack way to get into it, but <laughs> there might be. Um, it's a New York Times article on the placebo effect, and the guy that is quoted in this article, um, Kapchuk, I think his name is. He wrote um, the web that has no weaver. So he's the guy oh, that. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's like a Chinese medicine book. Anyway, so it's it's really super interesting, and he's he's all about the attitude of the caregiver. So he's he's import, He's he's all about like the attitude of the um, doctor or practitioner or whomever you have come to to seek advice. So he his thing is that the attitude of the caregiver or the the doctor or the practitioner, whomever it is, has more of an effect than the treatment they recommend sometimes. And in some ways, that's like another version of placebo. So he, he, yeah, like I found this quote, um, there was like an IBS study, so irritable bowel syndrome study that um, Kapchuk had uh, um, sort of helped develop the study and work through it, um, that the placebo effect is a biological response to an act of caring. Yeah, that sounds about right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's so interesting, right? So this really, really speaks to our ability as practitioner or someone, people have come to our class to seek something, whether it's, you know, spiritual upliftment or healing or just to work out or to sweat, whatever it is. But they've come to us as the caregiver and, and our act and our um, uh, attitude of caring is going to have a huge effect on how they heal and how they get stuff out of our class. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I read uh, some similar things on some of the articles I was reviewing, more more kind of bloggy articles. But um, yeah, exactly. Like if you're it, for for the researchers that are doing the placebo effect against their drugs or treatments, if it, there was a difference between them giving them the placebo, being like, oh, I don't know, this may or may not work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. versus yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah we're like we feel very strongly about this working and it has the potential yeah. to do this and this and this and yes. we're really excited yes. you know yes or even if you were like oh there's a side effect but there's also a benefit like so many people also get the side effect even if it's just like a made-up one yeah it's because yeah they believed the practitioner practitioner right yeah um yeah, so so yeah, this act of caring is is super duper important and your your bedside manner mm-hmm. is like so much more important than than modern medicine has given it um merit. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, modern medicine knows about it like 100%, but they can't make money off of it. <laughs> like they use it all the time and they just you can't What are you going to do? Patent, yeah. patent like the method that you use or something I don't <laughs> soft eyes yeah pat on the back like, <laughs> no but I think it, as yoga teachers um our this is like one of the reasons why you don't want to come into the practice and be like really burnt out because like I know we talk about energy and all of that but even your attitude of being like tired and here's another thing on my plate and then here I have to go and endure another hour that's going to translate mm-hmm. right and so the people who are there to be healed um all the they got <laughs> was just that this tired like 
non-sympathetic person <laughs> rather than, you know, like someone who cares and someone who is invested and someone who is going to take the time to find words that gives them the power to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Like people come into a yoga class just to have space away from the rest of their life. Like they might not care too much about what they're doing physically. It's usually like, like usually, or sometimes if you've ever just gone into a class and, or probably when you started practicing more, it's kind of hard after you become a teacher, but you're, you just went through the flow of the class. And at the end, you knew there was some hard stuff and you know, you had some feelings and the end you're just like, Oh, I feel so good. But like, couldn't yeah. really tell you what order things came in or. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't tell you. No. So there, there's like a lot of people yeah. who are just there to be moved and are really kind of spongy in mm -hmm. into receiving your teachings. And so, yeah, if you kind of plant that, like that you are offering them a safe place, mm -hmm. um, they can bring in whatever they need to in the class and, and it's okay to maybe detach from the rest of the stress of their life and mm -hmm. to kind of implant some positivity around whatever themes or focuses you're working on um, maybe some visualization to something specific or just like a whole a whole body visualization is really helpful that you have the ability to really work with this effect to, to help people feel better and you might not know that anyone's going through anything specifically if you're not talking to them before a class but those little th it's just like the little like bit by bit things that you sponge sponge in from a class um yeah yeah you can definitely tell if a teacher comes in doesn't make eye contact with anyone stomps into the center of the class it's like okay start seated it's like uh. <laughs> yeah 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 um and I think partly like so the fear-based words that we're talking about before like oh if you do this you're gonna hurt your knee yeah if you do this you're gonna hurt your but don't do that you're gonna hurt your back it's going to come. I promise you it's going to come. You know, like those kind of words, um, they they sound like they're from a, a space of caring, mm -hmm. but they're really not, you know, that they're they're not from a space of I care about you, mm -hmm. you know, because if you actually cared about someone, you would rush over there. You wouldn't yell it from across the room. You'd rush over there. Number one, you'd like kneel be beside them and tell them to do something else. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't just say, stop doing that. You'd be like, come down, come down. And I want you to put your knees down here and then don't arch your back like that and just lift your chest like this. That looks better. Good. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you wouldn't say it like that. So like, that's the other thing. Like when, what, what motivates you to say the things you say as a yoga teacher and if you start to examine those things you might see some things that like you're not too proud of or that you don't want to to bring into a yoga space anymore because they aren't from a, a space of ahimsa or caring or mm -hmm. like self-healing it's not like that just came from whomever taught you or or maybe it came from your lineage or maybe or maybe it came from you being lazy and that's okay um we just have to find a way to counter that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 No, a hundred percent. And I think if you're doing, when you're doing your training and not everyone has the ability to do a ton of trainings like you and I have, but if you're mm -hmm. asking questions around the things that you care about just to mm -hmm. get a bit more knowledge or doing a little bit of self-work, there's so much on YouTube and by a podcast and there's a lot of free information out there too, for you to, to learn how to support your students better from a place of like inquiry, inquiry and caring instead of because your teacher has told you 
to do it this way and you're just passing that on yeah exactly yeah yeah and that's that's hugely important if I think yoga is going to be um, brought forward rather than held back Mm -hmm. yeah as like a whole industry you know like where our industry standards um, they start to you're you're infecting me Nat (laughs) yeah (laughs) god Okay. Sorry, I took a sip yeah. of water. Um, yeah, just like if our whole industry and the standards of our industry are are going to go forward, um, we, we have to examine these things. Like it has to, I don't see where else it's going to come from, you know. Um, maybe, yes, some from like the traditional practices and digging up some, you know, some stuff that we, we have not really brought to light yet maybe but then a lot of it I think we can just think about really seriously and and like you said do the work inside yourself and where where are these words coming from where is this attitude of teaching coming from um and how can I actually live the the theory right live my my um what's my call it dharma yeah there you go there you go mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah yeah I like that no that's it's extremely important like how you how the teacher holds space how the how the teacher actually cares and teaches. There's mm-hmm. a difference in the way that how you use your voice, how you are cueing versus like commanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It goes a lot further than just the words and the tone of your, like there's so much, there's so many pieces of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like yeah. the easiest space to work on really is just words. Like if you did nothing else and stood there at the front of the class or demoed the entire class, even how you use your words um, is going to have a huge, huge effect. So I would say words first. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I'm imagining, you know, sometimes teachers maybe more in a vinyasa or faster, faster class. You ever heard teachers really shorten words or drop, drop verbs? It's like huh? chest up, lift arms, reach head. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> it's like you, you just like stop the actual explanation. Like there's no verbiage there. <laughs> we didn't have time to make a full sentence. Yeah. Like I, a lot of, te- I think a lot of teachers, you can, I think that's okay if you're like doing it for something for the third time, if you want to shorten it up and people get where you're going already. But still mm. like it just becomes less personal, right? It, the, mm. the more you take, the way you say something away from a normal conversation, it becomes less accessible. And I think that does have an effect mm, on how yeah. people are receiving your language. Oh, that's so interesting. I, I personally, that has never happened to me personally in a yoga class. So, wow. Yeah, I know a couple of teachers that do that. And yeah, it's strange. How much harder is it to say, like, lift your chest? Like, I don't know. Wow. It's like a thing that someone did, and then there's like a little cascading thing of how many teachers are doing it. And it's, it's not super common, but once in a while, I'm like, <laughs> come on, just, yeah, if you want yeah. your students, like, it should be more of a conversation with the body in my experience. And then the your person, the, the body, and someone's mind, it's just, it's more accessible. It's more accessible. Mm-hmm. It has a greater effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, The one thing that did like sort of like bringing back that whole idea of like the words you use um, and your taking away of words Mm -hmm. (laughs) in your experience. In my experience, the word please has um, also broken the rhythm of the class and sort of brought it back into like 
um I don't know just like it's like so nice yeah like the word please like so I think the teacher said something like place your right foot forward please I'm like oh I'm doing you a favor by putting my right foot forward I didn't know that like yeah oh this is such an interesting change in dynamic all of a sudden interesting like I feel like I should say you're welcome or something (laughs) there my right foot's forward (laughs) but yeah it was a very interesting change of dynamic have you had that uh, the word please yeah one of my teachers regularly used please especially at the start of the class just to in it's the just a the way to establish relationship especially between newer students it it was lovely like yeah always yeah please step your right foot to your right thumb or please step your right foot to the front of your mat yeah I love it too I think I I'm gonna try to incorporate it more because I think it is a, a very lovely um uh introduction into the space like you're saying yeah yeah those those little things yeah little you might not have to have like a perfectly relaxing or perfectly inspiring playlist like Mm. for some people that's too much too much stimulus on their nervous system you can really do so much via your words and Mm -hmm. and the way you're moving people's bodies and introducing um awareness and inquiry into into some into the space yeah sometimes i i wonder if that's what makes like the great teachers great over the good teachers good Mm -hmm. um just like presence and voice and word choice and ability to communicate something that is very difficult to communicate like the the whole idea of healing yourself and um all this placebo stuff that we've already been talking about because honestly the postures are just the postures like how many more ways can we teach warrior two how many more ways can we teach high lunge that are different from everyone else um so I think a lot of it is, is yeah, it's like working on these soft skills yeah. that, you know, no one can ever take away from you and no one can really teach you either. <laughs> it's tough to teach. And it's like when we were talking um, to Aisha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, episode, oh gosh, I want to say third. Uh, we'll link it. <laughs> it was a, the neuroplasticity episode. It was so 36-ish, good. 36-ish, 30-something. 30, 30 <laughs> li- we'll link it. Um for just that nuance or bringing attention to different parts of your body and that tiny little bit of nu- neuron, uh, nuance, excuse me, mm-hmm. in Neurons, how yeah. that um, affects neuroplasticity. So it, it is like, again, like just by thought and awareness changing your brain, that's placebo mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So it's the mm-hmm. perception of this having a positive effect on you, it actually having a positive effect on you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can go through your sun salutations <clears throat> as many times as you want. And if you're not changing your awareness or maybe your thought process around it, or maybe by a certain place in your yoga experience or your career, you're like, oh, I hate these things. I just do them all the time. And I've had that experience recently. I'm just like, number eight, like I can't, like I just, <laughs> I need to do something else. <laughs> but if you change the way you think about it then it will actually have, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like our, you know, the, the Sunday night before you have to go to work on Monday and suddenly Sunday night is stressful. Yeah. <laughs> or there's like a weight on your mind on Sunday night. It's that like living in the future and not living in the moment because like Sunday night, nothing is actually happening. You know, you have, you're resting. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're watching TV. You're catching up on a, a book. Like you're, you're not, you're not, in stress yet yeah and yet 
and yet there's this and there's it's like really distinct it's like this very specific sunday night Mm -hmm. before monday feeling totally It's the power of the mind. Yeah, your body's your body and your mind are trying to defend you already because uh-huh. something happened yeah. before. So like you're built on your experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you can kind of retrain yourself. I mean, you obviously know that maybe Monday morning is going to be stressful. <laughs> but if Yeah, but, but I mean you, it, it doesn't doesn't have to sorry, be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be and if yeah. you're if you're kind of being more in the now, then you get to enjoy Sunday night for what Sunday night is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm super guilty of this. I am always guilty of this. Yeah. I (laughs) definitely struggle as well. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard when you've experienced like a lot of stress to detach and let it just let it be getting better. I'm getting better. Like when I was at the ferry terminal in it, when I went to Vancouver last weekend and the ferries were canceled and my mom was texting me like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, this much, much kind of suck type thing. Or, oh, I'm sorry, hon. I'm just like, it is what it is. You know, like mm-hmm. it was not ideal. I was tired and, but it is what it is. I can't change the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think your ferries were stopped because of wind, not rain. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. It's, it's a toughie. It's a like, yeah, like a flight is canceled. Yeah. Those are tough. Those little like mantras though are also those Mm -hmm. little things that teachers say in yoga classes, like you could just be teaching. It is what it is. And then someone takes that into their day and then you have uh, something that happens and how your reaction changes your perception to what's going on. And Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't get yeah. like super stressed out and then like my guts were weird and yeah. break out <laughs> like none of that happened interesting no? that's really good that's really good on you um I think for me it's much more like it's like if I have to get up early mm-hmm. I always like think about it the night before or the day before yeah yeah that that for me gives me some anxiety but some usually for you you're getting mental. up early and like teaching uh just once a week but the, it's it's different to get up early period like I get up early go work out and then I go to work every day yeah yeah because if you miss the workout there's no like big consequence. yeah and I'm also like s- silent like I'm not talking you're uh, getting up early and you're performing basically yes. like you're talking yes. for an hour or an hour and a half yes. and that's yeah. that's yeah. stressful I used to I used to lie awake and like be like pre oh my goodness really pre-queuing or like queuing, queuing oh. something i'm like i want to cue this in a different way and like <laughs> trying to sleep and i'm like just seeing bodies moving I'm like oh, i'm gonna say it like this and just because i care though yeah. but it's like stress but excitedness as well yeah but it's also like unnecessary like that's not the time to be rehearsing yeah. you know like in the middle of the night when you should be sleeping is not the time to be and that's your own mind doing it to you just being like mm-hmm. hey motherfucker you want to sleep huh well, think about this instead yeah stress cortisol yeah Awake. do you need this right now Damn. are you teaching a yoga class oh i thought you were because you were thinking about it so much <laughs> let's get your limbs all excited yeah <laughs> damn it see brain. you're just you did it you do it to yourself your body your thoughts have physiological responses absolutely yeah. it's like your senses yeah. and your thoughts to gr- together so through yoga you create like the sensory and thought-based experience and it will change mm-hmm. people's chemistry essentially biology yeah it will definitely yeah yeah um and then for yourself if you 
like really identify with Nat and I, you know, freaking out the night before work. (laughs) Um, It is a practice of mindfulness. So I just like, I just stopped myself from thinking that and like literally shake it off out of my body. um, And then trying to practice that like really, really presence in the activity I'm in at the moment. So if it's watching TV, then like stop thinking about the class tomorrow, stop thinking about it, you know, shake it, shake, 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 physically move a little bit and then sit my ass back down and focus on watching TV if that's what I've chosen Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, because you don't need to, half your mind doesn't need to do that, you know, and then I think we can, I'm getting better at it but I'm still not like 100% relaxed on Sunday nights. Um, But you can improve the situation for sure. Like I've definitely improved it. Um, Whether it's cured is like a whole different issue. Can you identify like what the stress is about? Like, is it about just teaching period or is it about what you're going to teach or is it about what like... Oh, it's about waking up. It's It's about waking up, not sleeping in, getting out of bed, being there on time, um, having my snacks so that I can eat after. It's like, it's like the whole morning yeah you know? okay because it, it takes preparation yeah that makes yeah. sense I'd say for like my scenarios are more about like the actual experience of teaching or what I was going to teach like it's stress but it's like I said excitement as well and oh. one of my little hacks is I just had notepads all over the house and if I f- felt like I was oh. storing too much in my brain like ooh, this pose to this pose to this pose and then uh-huh just write it down just get it out of your head oh. don't be responsible yeah, yeah. for that yeah. stuff puts oh, I love put it put it down on paper and especially if you're lying in bed and you're like oh I might say that <laughs> this way like have yeah. a little notepad beside your bed yeah I was telling my mom at Christmas because she always sleeps poorly at Christmas and then I'm like, what is stopping you from sleeping? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the things I have to do tomorrow. I'm like, don't let oh. yourself be responsible for that. Write it down on a piece of paper. Have a notepad beside your bed. And next morning, she was like, totally was thinking about all these things. Definitely getting a notepad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it helps. And you're just like, I don't have to remember it. Because you're like, oh, I can remember that I need to do, I need to do the towel. I need to do laundry. I need to do the towels. And then right. like we're out of cheese, you know, like these two random yeah. things. Totally yeah. random. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah that makes me think of like my one of my best friends got married and she had this huge schedule but um it was really reassuring because she planned out the schedule beforehand right um and so everyone just had to be there according to the time on the schedule so yeah it's kind of like that where you just like as long as I'm there by six I'm good you know and then I I just move to the next yeah yeah take it out of your brain totally Mm mm-hmm I'm into it. I like it. I think going forward, just back to respect to like placebo and brain brain type stuff, like we've already done, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking two episodes. We've done the episode about cortisol and one about testosterone. So two of the hormones yeah. there. And we will kind of pick up going through hormones and uh, more so the neurotransmitters this year. I will get like a little bit more brainy. So you guys can look forward to doing that. Or listening oh, to it. that yeah. with us. Yeah. Well, the brain is where everything starts, yeah. right? Yeah. What was that? Someone said this. I don't know. It wasn't me, but everything has to be created in your mind first before it's created in reality. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to picture something before it, before it happens to you or before you create it in life. So yeah, like m- making sure that our brains are working to our advantage or at least where they're like holding us back, like not being able to sleep or not being able to relax. Mm-hmm. Um that, that's super important as well and just identifying those mental components of really unnecessary stress and being like okay I can I can let 
I can use maybe my breath. I can use physical movement. I can use something to to let that go. Um, yeah, and I, I wonder if we should even like do an episode on different types of stress relief because you know these things might work for me and you, but maybe for someone it doesn't work. Well, let's just, it's kind of like it's kind of learned. So it's that part of believing that something will work. If someone is taught that in order to um, recover from from a stressful scenario or to get stress relief in some way that they need to go to the spa, then they're going to experience positive effects um, with respect to that by going to the spa. Right. And if you've had like one bad massage, like my husband, first (laughs) massage you ever had, terrible experience. He will not go back and that's not a place where he's going to seek out relaxation. (laughs) Oh, the poor guy. He's just like oiling up his whole body and like rubbing his inner thighs. And he was like, no. Oh my goodness. He's a very like, a little too much. There's a lot. There's a lot. And then like they covered (laughs) us in mud and wrapped us in banana leaves. It was in Australia. I thought it was epic, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've got my inner thighs rubbed, but maybe he was exaggerating. It just got way too, way too personal. It's like his calves were rubbed and he's like, oh my God, no, don't touch me there. Totally. Yeah. So it's, it's like you have to have the ability to feel safe in order to perceive safety and a state of well-being, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wish there was like a handbook on like how to relieve stress. Oh man. Yeah. All the different ways. Very personal yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very personal. That's true. <coughs> All right. Okay. I think we're starting to wind down in time. Yeah. So shall we, shall we call it? Let's call it. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, of course. Anytime, man. Loved it. <laughs> and we'll catch y'all on the other side for the next episode. Sounds good. See ya.